This was a great conversation about the Rubik's Cube with the weekend volunteers. Suzanne started the conversation rolling with a potted history of this hugely popular toy. And then after that, we heard from others in this group on their memories of the Rubik's Cube, its place in game design history, and more broadly in history too. The Rubik's Cube, a 3D combination puzzle. It was invented by Erno Rubik, a Hungarian sculptor and architect and academic in 1974. Initially, it was called a magic cube, or in Hungarian, Buvesh Kotska. The cube consists of 26 small cubes that rotate on a central axis. The aim is to realign all the cubes to their original configuration. Out of trillions of configurations, there is only one correct answer. The Rubik Cube is widely considered to be the world's best-selling toy. Thank you. In the 70s, the Rubik's Cube became very popular. When it came into my experience, it was the fact that it was 3D that made it special. And it seems like a very similar fidget to the iPhone currently. So people are so excited to be able to take their puzzle on the bus or on the train with them where they went. So we put it in the context of the times. It was small and it was affordable, so people were actually able to buy it as well. It was something that was transferable, and its popularity was due to those factors as well. In your lifetimes, did the Rubik's Cube suddenly arrive as a toy that came out of nowhere, or was it just a background hum that was always there? Mm, I guess a background hum. I remember they were very popular in the 80s. Mm. I think I was a bit young to really get it. And then it sort of went away for quite a bit. By the 90s, it wasn't really popular. But in the last probably five to seven years, they've become a lot more popular again. Have they? I didn't realise that. For those that don't know, Marcus is a ludologist. It means he knows all about games. And this is a game of sorts or a puzzle. I don't yeah. Know. What would be your comment from a game specialist point of view? Well, it sort of changed a lot in terms of, I guess, the portability at the time because it was just a thing you can carry. It was also very much an art piece and a lot of art pieces have come from it or the design at least. There's been a few alterations, like people have made to their 17 squares by 17 squares ones. There's a whole bunch of other prints and stuff. It's very much like a pop art type thing, but it's glam and flash colours. The initial idea was of a sculpture that Rubik was creating and he was trying to see how he would be able to have those parts of the sculpture suspended and that's how actually the cube came into being as an experiment towards sculpture because he was a sculptor initially. Does anybody know anybody who can do it? Yeah, I knew a few people. They were like the ones who could do it in the five seconds. I guess it was like a maths thing to them because they were also doing maths. Yeah, I knew a few mathematicians who could do it and they found it irritating that people kept asking them to do it. Mm. I do know that an Australian actually holds the most average time for five souls, current championship. I'm trying to think of anything that's similar. Tetris, but that's moving because you sort of got to put the pieces together. I've seen ones where they're diamond-shaped as well, so they're not exactly a square. They're like diamond-shaped or triangles, they pyramid as well. They're interesting. Sudoku is one of those that actually comes to mind as well. The Japanese have invented quite a number of these puzzle-type squares. There are actually many variations of it now and developed by the toy company that took the patent and developed it further with Rubik's help.
He is still lecturing, by the way, at the Academy of Fine Arts in Budapest. One of the interesting things is this was all happening under communism and the success of the cube was such that Rubik became the first millionaire under communist rule. So that was, you know, something else in terms of a social revolution to be able to achieve that. A friend of his actually saw his experimentation and said, wow, this is something that, you know, could be developed commercially. So through that, it was developed into this absolutely amazing product, which definitely is used worldwide. And as we know, it is an amazing puzzle that takes a little bit of skill to actually use. And that's all on the Rubik's Cube for today. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you next time.